Hey guys, long time no talk. This is episode 12, 13 something of the happy fun music time. Happy, yeah, happy fun music time. I'm really off my game today. Uh, podcast. Um, it is a quarantine podcast where myself and Alex Alice discuss music. And today we are covering our top 10 albums each of 2020. How are you doing today, Alex? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, December. What a weird year it's been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you would. I'm. We would. I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I'm guessing all all 20 people who were going to listen to this would agree that this has been a very trying year. But it's almost done. Thank God. And hopefully next year is uh, a little more productive although i will say there has been some pretty good music that came out this year and we're going to talk about uh several albums that qualify oh, absolutely i agree and i just want to stop you because i think i think we've had better views than 20 on a couple of our episodes <laughs> yeah you know. when we, when we leech off of other other <laughs> successful bands uh we get more than 20 views who's winning right now uh i'm just looking at uh this whole first season of um, excellent viewing. <laughs> um, you know what? Lost Lighthouse actually is brought the most draw with uh, a staggering oh, wow. 56 views. That's actually really <laughs> impressive. Um, and I'm sure that those views are not because somebody was trying to find their pedal board and stumbled across our video. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. Okay. Why don't um, right. so, we have some honorable um, mentions, so right? When, so when we do this, uh, when we list our ten, yeah. the way we're going to do this is we have a timer going, and we're going to limit ourselves to five minutes per album, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe what's uh, we'll keep talking, blah, talking until uh, I don't know the four minute mark hits. We're at uh, like two eighteen right now, and then we'll just start. Um, okay. Yeah, and then once we hit uh, nine minutes, uh, I'll just start yelling or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you should play. If only there was a way. When you go to edit this, put in like different sounds that at, at every break. Yeah, let's um, let's actually make it five minutes, just uh, so we're sort of at even numbers, divisible by five. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, f five five minute introduction. So I ha how much longer do we have? Uh, we got to fill about two minutes ten seconds worth of time. Uh, we have some honorable mentions we could run through, so yeah. Let's quickly, yeah. You, you go first. Name name some of your honorable mentions just really quickly. Okay, Green Day, Father of All Motherfuckers, uh, Wiz Khalifa, <laughs> It's Only Weed, Bro, um, Corey Taylor, uh, CMFT, which is an acronym for Corey Motherfucking Taylor, uh, and Breaking Benjamin, Aurora. All right, what about you? <laughs> Uh, you know, you just named every single one of my honorable mentions. So I thought they were in your top ten segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If only that was reality, this would be a very different podcast. No, absolutely. Uh, all right, I'll give some serious uh, top tens right now, or not top tens, right. uh, honorable mentions. Um, Galleons released an album called Metropolis. Uh, I liked Clue by Gezan, which uh, we'll get to mm. later. Um, what else? Clear Soul Forces, the band or the rap group that I talked about last year, uh, did yeah. their final album, Forces With You. It was pretty good. Didn't crack my top ten. 
Um, and the Dance Gavin Dance Afterburner, which um, it's one of the first times they haven't released a top 10 album for me, but it was decent. Wow. Uh, that yeah. is actually shocking. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to be discussing them this year. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are you to your uh, honorable mentions? Oh, I'll list a few of them. I mean, the Deftones record Ohms I thought was very strong. That was an honorable an honorable mention for me. Uh, I got the new Napalm Death record was also very good. So a couple of metal records there. Uh, there was a record by a band called Clown Core, who I know we're both familiar with, called Van. Oh, that, that I think should I... have been in mine too. <laughs> I need to mention that. That album's insanely fun. Uh, Fiona Apple's record, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, I thought was... Um, frankly overhyped because it's very Tom Waits but I thought it was a really strong record and then my last honorable mention is the album called Protein Threat by a band called the OCs really fun psychedelic rock uh, kind of noise rock album uh, and I have more but I'm guessing we're near five minutes so yeah we just hit the five minutes um, yeah, we can go back and uh, we can name a few at the end maybe but um, yeah sure yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just get going from the top. So I guess I'll start. Um, my number ten album of twenty twenty. It's uh, it's gonna be Envy, the Fallen Crimson. I'm I'm gonna uh, go with that. That's your number ten. Yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. I would put it a bit higher, but um, it was the most recent listen out of all of them. So it it didn't quite have the time to gel with me as the rest of them. But okay. that being said, I still really liked it. Um, I've never listened to this band before, which I'm shocked because they were honestly right up my alley. Um, you know, cool kind of screamo, post-hardcore, um, you know, post-rock elements. Um, this is their first album in like eight years, I read. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? It was very consistently good across the board. Um, I thought it was the perfect length and it was really well produced um yeah it's just it's a great album and it was one of my favorite album covers <laughs> out of these oh, 10 interesting yeah 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 um huh. i don't know how do you feel about it you were the one that put yeah, well, me on it so yeah this was my this is my number eight album so we uh are already off to a similar trajectory on our list um, I think this is an amazing record this was actually the first album i heard from 2020 in full that i really loved and kind of had an inkling might appear on my top 10 of the year when December rolled around and it did. Oh, wow. um, I think that uh, the first five songs on this album are flawless. I think it's a flawless run of music. Um, similar to uh, other records that have similar strong starts are uh, Brand News, Devil and God. I think the first five songs on that album are flawless. Yeah. Um, and then similarly to that album, it kind of falls off a little bit for me in the second half, and that's why it's not a higher album on the list, with the exception of a song like Marginalized Thread, which is really great. That was I a good song. Second, yeah, I think the second half is just kind of maybe repetitious or a little bit weaker than the first half but that uh, it's, that's not to say it's bad i mean the whole thing is very listenable like you said it's really well produced um and uh i think that it's just a phenomenal hardcore um kind of screamo post-rock however you want to describe it uh record and i second the album cover really nice album art on this too not that that should matter i guess but hey yeah. I, I think it does ultimately um 
because it's sort of I don't know at least for me like even if I'm not looking at the album cover when I'm listening to music I'm sort of thinking of it it sort of gives the music like a color and a feel if that makes sense it's all I guess it's all part of the package it's all part of the package yeah I've been Um, visualizing like their artwork and sort of like their visual style when I'm listening to any band Uh, I don't know if everyone's the same but um, I think it's important no, that's fair. I, I used to look through the uh, inserts with the albums when uh, I would buy actually buy CDs, so it's definitely part of the experience. Uh, I think the song A Faint New World needs a special shout-out. That's one of the best songs of the year. Um, yeah. The song... Oh, and my apologies. Marginalized Threat is the fifth song. I, I mixed up my titles. I meant to say the song A Fingerprint Mark. Oh, fair is enough. The, is the one in the second half that I think is really um, especially strong um and then the song rhythm is this really nice uh kind of um not really a power ballad but kind of a power ballad it's the fourth song that's another one i've had on repeat throughout the year um and uh yeah i i highly recommend if you have not heard this album go listen to it if you are into post-hardcore screamo post-rock bands like uh, I don't know. What's a band you would say is similar to to Envy? If you were a fan of this album, what other albums uh, uh, are similar to it? Oh, that's tough. Um, I want to say like kind of early Being as an Ocean, but that is that's like a little basic compared to this. I think this is deeper mm-hmm. than most of their stuff. Um, yeah. You know, it had a bit of like Russian circles. If Russian circles sort of had like Jay's vocals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see that actually. Kind of like Russian circles, a little bit of glass jaw maybe in there. Yeah. Um, uh, with a kind of like autumnal atmosphere to it. To me, it's a very fall album, and that's yeah. interesting. It came out in March. Um, yeah. I uh, anyway, I really like this record. I, yeah. I, uh, or even like a shoegazy you... circle takes the square. Sorry to interrupt there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Circle take the square. Yeah, for this one, uh, oh, there's a couple of things I wanted to point out. The one thing that really grabbed me on this album was the second track, uh, Swaying Leaves and Scattering Your Breath, because um, yeah. it sort of goes into a major key in that song after sort of a very dark opener. Um, yeah. I don't know, it was like kind of hopeful almost, which I liked. Um, mm-hmm. And the spoken word parts, uh, you know, I didn't find them cheesy, partially because... Uh, it's in a language I don't understand, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the other part would be you know they're very they're well delivered, and uh, you can tell they're one hundred percent committed to it. I don't know the commitment kind of paid off for them. Um, yeah. Favorite track on this for me would probably be the closer if I had to pick. Oh really? I liked okay. Marginalized Thread a lot, um, and I liked uh, the second track uh, because of that sort of mood switch up, but. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that a step in the morning glow, those little uh, shot build-ups, and um, I don't know, just everything. It was like the perfect song that encapsulated everything on the album. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great closer for sure. I hadn't even considered it actually as one of the best, but now that you're bringing it up, that's a that's a legitimate pick. Yeah. And that second song is really good, and and um, I think that that flow you're talking about is partly why. Um, this I think the first half of this record is just so strong because each song builds on the last one. Um, it's it's all very cohesive, but each one introduces a new element into the mix. It doesn't sound like the last one. It doesn't get repetitive. 
Yeah. Um, and that's the sign of a really good album, at least uh, one of the signs I look for in this genre, especially. I agree. For a really good album. So what was your favorite track then? Uh, Fane New World was my favorite track off this one, but I also have to highlight um, the, like the, the every single one of the first five songs, I think, deserves mention, um, along with um, the song Fingerprint Mark, and I'll throw the closer in there too. I mean, I, 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 think the, the, I think it's a very, very strong record, hence why it's number eight of the year for me. I just yeah. think that the, if the first half is a five out of five, the second half is like four out of five. Um, so it, it drops off a little bit for me in that second half, um, but I, it's not like I think the second half is bad. Yeah. Um, so I would just say, if you're going to listen to this, if, if you don't have the time to listen to the whole album, which if you don't, then you should make time, but if you don't have the time, listen, for, listen to the first five tracks. Statement of Freedom, uh, Up Until Marginalized Threat, I think that's a, a really, really flawless run of this like unique brand of screamo post-rock stuff that this band is doing yeah absolutely uh so we were a little naughty there we um we talked for seven and a half minutes oh geez <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta put the alarm no. on i didn't know no no but um <laughs> i didn't want to interrupt because we were on a good flow there and also um you know what we both shared this album so i figured we could talk about it for a little bit longer oh true um, okay that's, yeah, that's yeah. actually good because so, it's double time yeah so we can sort of when it we get back to it we can just skip over um okay. all right so from let's now on from now on it interrupt if it's five minutes. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so um what time stamp are we at here all right uh so we're gonna hear your number 10 album and we're about to hit the 14 minute mark and at 19 minutes i'll uh i'll just angrily interrupt <laughs> yeah all right so do I, I will go um my number 10 album uh what do i how do i want to introduce this record um well, I'll, I'll say what it is, I guess. So the the number ten album on my my list is Sketch for Winter Seven, Abyss for Cello, and it's by Louise Bach. Oh, yep. Um, and this is an album that uh, I I uh, certainly don't think it's it's flawless. I don't think it's necessarily a masterpiece or anything like that. Um, and partly it's on here because I'm biased towards cello music. Um, <laughs> And my mom actually plays the cello, so um, I have always been drawn towards cello-based music. I think it's very atmospheric. Yeah. It's kind of nicely nostalgic for me. Um, I did not know And I that. think this this particular album um, really encapsulates it's the vibe really well, the vibe of winter that um, it's going for, and it does so with really smart arrangements it's really well performed the production is great it's it's fairly droney it's not like a very especially active all the time um but i think that it's it's atmospheric and it's it's uh well executed it's relatively simple it's not too long it's only five songs um the third song actinic ray is one of the best songs of the year uh, I will defend that song for uh, all, all eternity. I think it's an amazing track, and I think the rest of the album is, is pretty good too. Um, so I think uh, for me, this is a, a pick that was maybe more visceral than I would normally include on a top ten list. <laughs> uh, but with this this year especially, I think there's room for some kind of feely, at least on a, in a in a nostalgic sense 
albums that are based more on how I how they make me feel versus how I cerebrally think that it's it's pushing a genre forward or something. Yeah. So that's really why I included this album. And I know you listened to it. So what did you think of this album? Yeah. So like you listened to it more like from a subjective standpoint rather than trying to objectively critique it. That's sort yeah, of what I got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I well, did. I did just, let, let me, sorry, let me just no say worries. something to that because I don't want to totally ruin my credibility. <laughs> um, I mean, the, like, yes, yes, but I also, like, it's not as if I'm suspending my objectivity entirely, right? I mean, there's there's a sub- subjective, um, as I said, nostalgic element to cello-based music for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's, it's not as if, it's not as if I'm totally suspending all my critical faculties and saying that kind of my primary reason for being drawn to the album is um is the fact that it is that style um oh yeah anyway anyway yeah yeah i don't want to take up all the time what do you think <laughs> no worries no worries um yeah and like with music especially of this kind i feel like a critique has to be somewhere in the middle of um like sort of being subjective and being objective um i thought it was good uh i listened to it um i agree it's sort of it's set like a wintry vibe um just with this sort of uh not macabre but um uh, surreal is not the word um lush like uh, cello playing mm-hmm. um i thought it was good i know it was a little bit drony um there was nothing i really disliked about it but um it sort of it didn't really have a very strong impact on me either way i sort of I listened to it, the runtime, I think it's like in the high 30s, 38 minutes or something. I, I'm sort of, I'm just guessing here. Something uh, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good runtime. I thought it sounded very nice. It's well produced. Album art's good. Um, it was just something I was like, oh, hey, this is decent. And I, I don't know if I would go back to it. Um, mm-hmm. just, it, it felt a little bit samey to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's something that I thought was decent, and um, I, I don't know. I was happy I listened to it because uh, I don't know. There, I never really, um, I haven't heard like a, a solo cello album. Um, mm. I listen to albums that are just all bass, and um, <laughs> I don't know, like those all acoustic guitar albums, like those Candy Rat guys. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a first yeah. for that, and I liked it in that. And I think yeah, the cello is a very nice sounding instrument. Um, mm. Yeah, I was sort of. I was sort of lukewarm on it, but um, I did enjoy the experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Eric Friedlander has a really good cello-based album off the top of my head. Uh, uh, one of the Book of Angels series, John Zorn's uh, series, oh, okay. cello-based record. Um, uh, and I'm assuming we're almost at five minutes. But I'll just quickly say, if you're, it, I, I would yeah, say, yeah, we did hit the 19 uh, just now, but just oh god, go for okay, it. okay, forget, okay, <laughs> next, next, next. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen to it. Listen to it. I listened to Actinic Ray again. That's a great track. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let's. I guess we're on my number nine. Yeah. Um, what is your number nine? Oof, okay. So we are taking Envy the Fallen Crimson off. Um, I am going to go with Misery Signals Ultraviolet. Oh yeah. Uh, that's going to be my number nine. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm just picking my number nines and all my numbers just. Uh, off the bat, off the top of my head, uh, because I'm not sure. They're too hard to rank. Um, this album was great. Um, I was shocked that Misery Signals was able to return to form immediately after like a six-year gap uh, between Absent Light and this album. 
Um, they brought back their old singer, Jesse, old singer, screamer, harsh, clean, whatever you want to call him. Um, and they did these tracks. Uh, and you know, it's the classic Misery Signals feel, really well produced, some post-rock vibes. Um, and just very, I don't know, very fresh, unique sounding metalcore that um, counterparts has really liked to lift off these days. Um, yeah. I don't know. There was some cool punk sounding parts. Um, there was that one song. Uh, what was it called again? <laughs> uh, Cascade Locks. Um, that was like yeah. that two minute song with that. I knew it was Cascade something. My memory is just shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it had that nice kind of post rocky build up and it went into this really crushing part. Um, I don't know. That sick punk part in the Tempest. And. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about this album? I uh, I was surprised how much I liked this album. It it wasn't in my top ten, or, uh, but um, yeah, I think I think uh, considering the uh, layoff this band had, they came back pretty strong. Um, I also enjoyed Cascade Locks. Uh, the song Sunlifter I thought was fantastic. Oh yeah, the ending specifically of that that song. Um, and you know, I, I guess I guess my my major problem with this album, if I'm going to point something out, is kind of uh, an issue I have with um, metalcore more broadly, which is that the vocals get very monotonous. Yeah, for me, um, where they are kind of one-dimensional, yelling vocals over everything. And I'd actually are... like to speak to that um, <laughs> if I oh, can okay. intervene. Um, it's funny because um, I remember we went like on the K&A tour. I think I, I brought Controller, their third album, along. And that mm. was when they had their second singer, um, Carl Schubach. And it's funny because Jesse is their singer on the debut. And he pretty much, he had a much more expressive voice on the debut, but he sounded a lot weaker. But now that he's come back and he's replaced Carl, he's doing an imitation of Carl, which I found bizarre. <laughs> I think I talked to you about this before. Yeah, but, you did um, message me. I, I, I had forgotten that, but you had told me that. And that's unfortunate, I think. And uh, maybe maybe, kind of lowers the album a little bit in my, my um, perspective of it. Yeah. If it's an imitation of another singer, I don't think that's especially good. Um, I've never heard the debut. I've heard Controller, obviously. Um uh, but but yeah, I mean, I just think for me that that takes away from the album. Um, but it's kind of a problem that I just I have with a lot of metalcore records. A band like Every Time I Die falls under the same thing, uh, the same uh, category for me of yeah. the music I find quite quite uh, absorbing, but the vocals are just very monotonous and mixed really loud all the time because you have to put vocals center of the mix all the time in rock and metal all in every band and so you end up with these i think really kind of dynamic oftentimes dynamic and and interesting instrumentals that are just like over strewn with these loud yelling vocals that don't really add a lot to me in, in that in that amount yeah. right i mean in in small amount sure like you can accentuate a part or, or or whatever with with vocals of that style but um at least had some variation or 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 you know 
change it up a little bit. It just it, it just it kind of blurs the album for me. Yeah, um, I I agree. Yeah. Um, for like just in terms of the harsh vocals, uh, I do like love his harsh vocal that sort of low guttural um, enough for me to put it in my top ten. But you know, it's something stopping me from making it. Uh, like a top five or a top two would be sort of the lack of variety. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you should, you and all the listeners, you should check out the debut uh, because he sort of has like higher pitch screams, and, but he does more of a variety, even though it's a bit weaker across the board. Uh, mm. And this album, I, I don't know, I think their whole discography is really good, but uh, not yeah, top five yeah. material. I will have to listen to more of them. Um, I am. Uh... I'm assuming we've hit almost five minutes we've because I'm pulling up my uh, my list here. Um, if not, then yes, I think that I think that this is a fun album. Uh, not a top ten for me, but I think it's worth worthwhile listening. Uh, five. If you're four, into the band, into, three, into the genre. Two. And one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do that every time. That's hilarious. Fair enough. Um, okay, my number nine uh, is an album which. You have mentioned actually already in uh, in your uh, honorable mentions. My number nine is Gezen or Gezon. I don't know how you pronounce it. With the album Clue, Clue oh with a K. Um, this is is uh, one of the most fun albums of the year. I I I love this album, and I know it's flawed in in some ways. Uh, but it's it's so eccentric, and it's so cartoony, and it's so um, kind of kind of uh, uh, like um, I don't know what word I want to use here. I, my brain is too fried. But what I'm trying to say is that it puts itself out there. It's it's kind of um, really really um, uninhibited that's the word I want to use this is an yeah. uninhibited record it has some of the best transitions between songs I maybe ever heard I love the way this album flows the whole thing flows from one song to the next um, there are tons of different styles and genres on here blended in a relatively cohesive way and when they're not I think it's intentional and the band are kind of thumbing their nose at you they know that they are playing off tropes and a song like soul material for example is out of place but it knows it's out of place and they have a lot of fun with it um and i think it's really well produced also i want to play the production on this album because i think it sounds i don't know where they recorded this right this is a japanese band i don't know where they recorded this but it sounds amazing um and there's heavy stuff with the song like replicant and agi agiha maybe i'm again mispronouncing Couple really fun heavier tracks. The closer's great. Um, and I already yeah. mentioned Soul Material as my other uh, pick, which is this like funky, I don't know, kind of like borderline, I don't know, psychedelic art rock disco. Like it's really hard to figure it out. Uh, but I was a big fan of this one, and I think you were too, based on its uh, inclusion in your honorable mention. Yeah. So what did you think? Uh, this was a great time uh, listening to this album. Um, when I first started it, um, the vocals, they take a bit uh, for them to grow on you. <laughs> like when yeah, I, that's when true. When I booted up the title <laughs> track, I was just, at first, I'm not going to lie, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 I have to listen to this. But you know what? It, I don't know. Once um, 
once I kind of got over that and myself, it started to be a very fun listen. Um, you know what? The closer, um, it, it's called "I," I guess. Uh, that was yeah. probably my favorite song out of all ten albums you sent to me. Um, wow! Yeah, if I pick the favorite track from your top ten, I think it would be this one. Um, that one stood out. Probably one of my favorite songs of the year. It could have been twelve minutes, and I would have loved it. Um, yeah, so pretty. Um, soul material. Also, I have to shout that out as well. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> That I don't know. It's just so ridiculous with that, uh, like that down with the sickness, uh, like that screaming bit that they keep peppering in. That um, yeah. I don't know. I had a good time with that, and like the two second transition song. Um, it's the yeah, whole exactly. album's just crazy. Uh, but I don't know. It was very, it was a very refreshing listen um, that just kept growing on me as it went on. Um, you know, it's this album would probably be like my number. 11 or 12 like okay it would be there somewhere very fun very well produced very well performed you know you have elements of industrial elements of noise rock you know elements of post-rock post-hardcore like i don't know i feel like you're getting the whole smorgasbord with this one um yeah yeah, it uh it was great that's yeah (laughs) the extent of what i have to say about it but i really liked it uh, well, yeah, and I I think that um, I, it it the way this album starts, I think it does kind of mislead you, and I think that's intentional. Like I I felt the same way when this started. I I was I was skeptical of what I was getting myself into. The first two songs are kind of rhythmic, almost kind of like I don't even know how I would genreify what's going on kind of droney kind of sludgy yeah there was a bit relative yeah they're kind of repetitive like low-end like tom drum heavy numbers with these kind of quirky vocals and i was expecting the rest of the album to be relatively similar and i was a little bit like okay well um uh, that's fine, but this is not going to be a top ten record for me. And then it by and then song three comes on and totally just like shifts gears. And then by the time you're you're almost at the end of the record, you kind of that recontextualizes those first two songs, and I end up appreciating them a lot more because they they serve a, a kind of a symbolic purpose in the yeah. grander scheme of the album that I appreciate. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think they. I love when bands thumb their noses at you when they're just like when bands like stick their tongues out at you and just like yeah well we're just gonna do what we want like kind of kind of that Melvin's attitude of uh, screw you you you're just a listener what do you know yeah this absolutely. album does that to me they're just this is a really fun album oh we've the hit day. the five minute mark oh okay okay okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is so. I love this. This podcast so good. (laughs) I was thinking about um, doing like overdubs of that afterwards, but uh, I just threw one in there right now. (laughs) Yeah, just like gain it like two thousand percent. Okay. I don't know, but uh, you said what you needed to say about it, or uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. I mean, we're kind of repeating ourselves. What was your number eight? My number eight. Okay, we're we're picking these fast. Um, next up <laughs> is I'm going to go with KJJJ Centro ah. de Dispergion. I don't know okay, how to say it or pronounce it. 
spoiler alert, that is my number five album, so oh, you are I, picking off another one yeah. later on my list. I apologize for stealing your thunder with a couple of these, because like, I, I no, put them at right. sooner spots than you. Um, this was great. Um, I've never heard of this band, despite them being very up my alley. Um, you know, on first listen... I got some Russian Circles vibes. I got some Chon vibes. I got some Buckethead, like Dragons of Eden vibes. Uh, the mm. synths are really cool. Um, I don't know. It's a very jazzy, smooth math rock um, that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, it's a shame that their band is has the name that it has because you can't find them anywhere. Um <laughs> No, it was cool. And the one thing I really liked about this album is it just kicked off right off the bat with Nicole, which I think is a highlight track of the album. Um, that cool off-time rhythm with the synths. And that was great. So that hooked me in immediately. And what was the other one? Uh, some of them are in, I think, is Spanish. Uh, Cardis. That was a great track. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was probably the most sort of active and sort of fast-tempo, fast-paced song of the bunch. Um, yeah. So that was a good time. Uh, those were my two favorite, and I, this was an amazing album. Very fresh sounding, you know. Despite it, it shared similarities with the bands that I mentioned, but it didn't um, didn't imitate them really. It was its own thing mm-hmm. entirely. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It made me really happy. It, they sounded a bit um, like Tortoise as well sometimes. Ah, interesting comparison. Yeah, bit of the kind of dub stuff going on, just a little bit. Um, but I don't know, sort of similar to that uh, Gazan Clue. Like this was a very fresh sounding album that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. How how do you feel about it? I really love this album. This this is probably my most played album of of this year, just in terms of sheer uh, sheer number number of of times I've played it. It's not my number one album of the year, right? It's my number five, which is still re- really high high praise. Yeah. Um, but this is an album that. It's instrumental for one thing, so I I like kind of turning it on, and and it's it's nice music to do other stuff to if I'm doing something else. But also, it's music that you can you can listen to in, intensely and get a lot out of. It's very technically proficient, as you pointed out with some of those comparisons to other bands, which I think are, are apt. Tortoise and uh, there's there is a little bit of Russian circles and some Chon, um, but uh, 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 I think that the songwriting is really good. Maybe I even, agree. you know, I, I don't want to say better than Tortoise or anything, but it's it's. Um, I think that the, the, these are this is a, a, a collection of well-written, kind of just earnest, relatively modest, uh, instrumental, yeah. math rock, you know, prog rock songs that is just consistently entertaining. It's 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 solid all the way through. There's some really fantastic tracks here. Niomesque is one I would highlight, probably my favorite on the record. It's got this amazing buildup with what sounds like violins in the middle, and I, I don't know if it's synthesized or if they yeah. actually had strings going on. Either way, it sounds in Cardis is my other highlight song off here, which you already described. Um, I, I, I also... In closing, want to echo your comment on the band name, which I, is probably the worst band name I've ever seen. And I mean, well, I, I'll, I'll give it some credit. It's it's the band name that drew me to the album. I thought, what the heck? 
is this? Why are they called that? Yeah. <laughs> when I when I found this album, um, and so I I did end up discovering it because of the band name, but but it was because it, I thought it was one of the worst band names. I mean, I I think it's eight J's in the band name, but I actually don't know, and so it's K and then eight J's, and I have no idea what it means. Maybe there's some weird backstory behind it. I just wish that I think this band actually is fantastic, and I think if they had a more, not even more commercial name, but like a name that you could say, um, they might <laughs> they might find a bigger audience. Because as it stands, this album is I think criminally underappreciated. Like it has very few online ratings, and um, I haven't heard anyone else talk about it except me and you. So yeah, um, yeah, go listen to this no, if you're enough. listening to this. I was just going to bounce off the tortoise point. I think I think this is better than maybe like every tortoise album like except like standards and the debut maybe. And tortoise has like mm. seven albums or something. Like I think it's better than most of the tortoise catalog. Um, I think I think that's fair. I mean, I think that tortoise's high points are probably better than this. Um but I will say I go back to this album more than I go back to anything by Tortoise. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. No, this was cool. I was I was very surprised by this album. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I heard this and sent it to you. I was like, I feel like this is up your alley. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it absolutely was. Uh, no, it has been in my rotation for some time now. Yes, it's. Um, and also, like it, the production is really good. These the drums on this album sound great, and I don't know where they recorded this. I cannot imagine this band has a big budget or anything. I know nothing about the backstory of this band, how many members there are. I haven't done any research on them at all. I just listen to their album a lot. So, good job to whoever is a part of this band because you made a really good album. Yeah, no, well, for sure. And this synths, I don't know, like. I, I don't know if they have like a dedicated keyboard player like I'm assuming they do but um, I don't know all the sort of synths and auxiliary instruments are really neat on this it adds its own unique oh. flavor to it yeah 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 and in, in that way I would even kind of compare it to Ohms by Deftones like that's another album which I know we're not gonna, we're not going to talk about it in detail or anything it was in my honorable mentions but there, that's another kind of rock album from this year that's used synthesizers in an interesting unique way i think i think that maybe is uh, uh, a, a progression we're going to see more of more electronic elements being infused into rock and we're already seeing it on some level but it's even in like the post hardcore alternative metal scenes we're seeing a lot of that now and this album does it really well yeah, we're going back to crabcore baby <laughs> i hope hopefully not but <laughs> uh, you know attack attack could have a are they even still around i don't actually know uh, from what I know, um, the guy like made Beartooth, like the screamer. So that guy left, oh, and then um, okay. who was it? The original guitar player who did like all the auto tune vocals. He does Bill Murray. Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know. The, right. Both those bands, Bill Murray and Beartooth, to me, like they're they're fine. They're I don't know. I it's not stuff like I, I care about enough to hate or like. <laughs> yeah, it's just a I've bunch of very okay material. Either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not worth talking about on a best of list, in my opinion. Yeah, sorry, we're we're really uh, sidestepping <laughs> okay. the true conversation here. No, it's all good. We um, yeah, yeah, because we're gonna take a bit more time with that one because we both had it in our top ten. Um, That's JJ, sure. that is KJ times eight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I think oh, you boy. are gonna tell me your number eight 
I think that's where we're at. Well, my number eight was already mentioned. It's Envy the Fallen Crimson, so we don't need to repeat my number eight. So if you want to go ahead and just list your number seven, we can do that. My number seven is, drumroll please, it is Protest the Hero, Palimpsest, ah. which I don't know what that means, and it feels awkwardly sexual, but um, I really liked the <laughs> album. I, I liked the album cover, and I don't know, I thought... I thought this album was sort of like what Skrillex was meant to be. Because um, I felt Volition was sort of its own thing because they had the drummer from Lamb of God who brought his own flavor into it. And it just sounded completely different from their catalog. I find this has some Skrillex vibes, um, just sort of in the terms of goofier lyrics, but uh, way better produced and, you know, more riffs, which I love. Um, yeah, there were some great songs on it. I thought the interludes were nice touches. Um, I don't know. And there was sort of some stuff from, like, Kezia, Kezia, which is my favorite album, their debut, which had more sort of punk post-hardcore elements, which I thought they brought back a little bit. Um, yeah, I thought it was very, very neat. Uh, How do you feel about Protest? I, I know you're kind of mixed on these guys. Yeah, I've never loved Protest the Hero. I've never been a huge fan of them i will say i do enjoy some of their material uh blindfolds aside being a song that i to this day really enjoy as well as some of the material on fortress i think is really strong um this album to me which i guess goes without saying i'm the one talking this album uh it feels so dated it feels so um it feels so processed it feels very, very. It's it feels like like guitar pro the album. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like I'd the, the whole thing is 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 finessed to a T. Like there's not a note out of place. There's not a, a drum that's misstruck or a cymbal that is that is missed. It, this it is a flawless package, and I don't think there's a lot of substance to what's there. It, nothing. Nothing especially grabbed me on here. There were moments, uh, for example, the song The Canary is one that sticks out to me where I think that there are some worthwhile riffs going on and some nice um, uh, vocals, um, which I actually think the vocal performance is pretty good on this one. Um, yeah, I thought Rody did a good job on this one. Yeah, yeah. But as a whole, it's just, this is just... it's it's it's. As big a cliche as it is, it, it's it's not my cup of tea. This sort of, um, just this this approach to making um, metal music, like I maybe you know, and 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 at one point in my life, sure, but but as I've kind of like listened to more stuff and um, I become more pretentious, like this just sort of you're mature feels now. Ve- yeah, I'm, I'm become more mature. It it just feels really like, I don't know. It just feels kind of soulless, and I don't get again as 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 uh, pretentious as it sounds. It's true. I just I just I don't get anything out of it. It just it, it's it's kind of okay. It gets annoying after a few songs because I realize I could be listening to something else. Um, it's it, it, and to me the whole thing just it doesn't feel like it's doing anything new even for this band. Like I, I have no problem with a band making, um, 
adjustments to a formula as they go along. For example, Meshuggah is the classic example of that. I have no problem if you want to refine a sound over the course of multiple albums. This doesn't really, to my mind, do that based on everything I've heard from Protest the Hero previously, which is almost their whole discography. Um, oh, fair enough. In fact, it might be their whole discography. I think I've heard every, almost every one of their albums. Um, uh, but anyway, it's it just there. There's kind of nothing special about this to me and maybe I just am ignorant and I don't know enough about their back catalog but within their own oeuvre and also within the progressive metal genre as a whole I don't see this doing a whole lot of of interesting things but I don't know you disagree so uh, what do you think? Fair enough Uh, well you know what I'll say I agree with you on the closer uh, rivet um, I, I think that's what you described. It was sort of a protest by the numbers, but the rest of this, I have to disagree. Um, I don't know. Gardinius and Gardinius. I don't know. <laughs> I can't pronounce right. some of these song names. That was like one of the heaviest things they've done in a while. That was sort of like some Fortress era stuff. That was one of my favorite tracks on the album. There's orchestral bits on Reverie. Uh, mm. in the intro had the whole, like, sort of orchestra violin shots, which were neat. Um, but I don't know. There's some songs that were kind of guitar proy, uh, like Soliloquy. That song got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But I feel like there's enough sort of like cheesy roadie moments and sort of all of these sort of interludes, orchestral touches, um, sort of softer parts that give it enough of a human element for me at least. Uh, well, to, well to I, that's a, yeah. yeah. But music has its opinions, right? Well, yeah, yeah, it's opinions, but but I mean, I think, and I, I think I think that's uh, that's fair, and and um, you're right about the orchestral moments. I, I think for me, right, those those touches are feel um, very kind of um, uh, it, it's like it's like the the bare minimum they could have done to differentiate or or experiment or try something new without compromising their existing audience to me it, it just that that kind of faux progression that it's very safe to you speak to yeah like yeah. It, it speaks to me to to the notion that the band knows they should progress or maybe want to progress but also don't want to lose their audience so now we see kind of right those those evil marketing considerations coming into it and, and monetary <laughs> ideas and 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 that and you know that's an approach and okay but to me that doesn't draw me into your album um and so what what you're pointing out i think is fair but to me that doesn't qualify as anything especially new new in any substantive way in their in their discography but also progressive metal has been doing that stuff for like like decades and, oh, and i'm not I saying agree, that every I album agree. has to reinvent the genre or anything but like i thought it was well band, done though yeah 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 i mean you're a band that's put out five records you're pretty big like for the for the genre like i i just i just wish they would have kind of pushed themselves a little more and i know they don't take themselves seriously and um and frankly, I don't like it when a band doesn't take them. <laughs> like when when a band is trying to make this kind of this these statements that if you read these lyrics, these are kind of bold and serious statements behind a lot of these songs. Like, take yourselves a little bit more seriously. Like, don't act like idiots and then try and want us to take your music. Like, pick something. You can't have a. It doesn't work for me when Fair when you're chugging beers and then try like like 
in the so same breath. So is it breath, the lyrics no, versus no. like sort of the mannerisms of the band? Is that uh, where you see the disconnect? I think in in certain songs on this record, again, I'll point out the canary. Yes, I think there's a disconnect between and and again, and this is maybe maybe I'm I'm gonna kind of retreat from my own argument here because as I make it, I realize it's kind of faulty. But I'll uh, I'll I will double down a little bit on an aspect of what I'm saying in the sense of like, um, if you like like. And you know what? This is interesting. Now that I'm saying this, I think I'm hitting on a reason why I've never gotten into this band that I've never thought of before. So thank you for this right. because I'm just realizing something that I and I know we're probably going over five, but let me just get no. This, this out is this is interesting. This is I'm letting this go. Yeah, like like I I think I think my biggest problem with Protest the Hero, and the reason I can't get into them is because I don't I don't like the fact that they aren't that they aren't. Um, that I can't tell what they are. I can't tell if they're joking all the time and if I should be taking this music lightly. I can't tell I can't tell uh, if they're trying to be a really serious progressive musician band who's virtuosic and I and, and that's not to say you can't be both, right? You can have like a Frank Zappa who who has humor all over the place and yeah. is also a virtuoso, but the lines are are drawn well enough with Zappa and with Devin Townsend and these other progressive artists who use humor and and whatever, where I can kind of I can I can tell what you're going for with Protest the Hero. It doesn't seem well thought out to me. There's not a lot of thought behind the lyrics, but also what what's funny and what's serious and what are we and are we just goofing around and writing songs in Guitar Pro and playing really fast? Like, yeah. what what exactly is this band? And I. And a lot of people like them, including you. So maybe it's just me who doesn't get it. But uh, that is—I think—that's my biggest problem with this band that I've never articulated before. So yeah, interesting. I'm trying to think. Um, stuff on this album that's like kind of jokey. Um, I, I mentioned Soliloquy. Um, it has like a very cheesy chorus, and I think yeah. he shouts like "fuck it" in the song. <laughs> Which that was maybe something that should have been like, kept for the live show. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think mean, it just well, depends and, like yeah. how you react to the album, right? Like um, Kezia, yeah. Kezia, Kezia slash Kezia and Fortress. They're both like very serious albums because they yeah. had um, Bassman, uh, Arif. He wrote all the lyrics to that stuff. So it was just about gods mm. and goddesses and like ritual sacrifices and all this shit. Uh, then when he left the band, I then I think Rhodey started writing all of his own lyrics. So that's why Skrillis has this major sort of shift in tone, which I think was a bit too much. And I would say Skrillis is like what you describe of this album, just in my opinion. And then I feel like um, Volition and Palimpsest, uh, they sort of hit a good middle ground for me, at least, just in terms of... Uh, like feel of sort of virtuosity seriousness uh versus jokiness on the spectrum yeah, i don't yeah. know how to describe it better than that but yeah yeah no i hadn't i hadn't uh, realized that the, the first two records the lyrics were written by the bassist that's that does i because i think those first two are their stronger records of their discography so maybe that is why i'm not i'm not i'm not feeling feeling it as much uh, from scurrilous onward 
Yeah, because um, Rhodey did become the lyricist at that point. So that would yeah. change things. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I think the lyrics... It's, well, I think it's because they're actually really bad, but I think they've, they've gotten better throughout those few albums. Um, yeah. I don't know. We, we don't, I guess we don't need to talk about this album anymore. But it just that that I think is my biggest issue with it. So um, maybe uh, and and maybe it's just me. I don't know. I, I just uh, uh, am th- kind of thinking this through out loud yeah. right now. I, I hate um, the album title. I don't know if I've made that clear. Palimpsest. Oh, is it palimpsest? Yeah. I mean that word. It means like um, like a page, like a. a, a text or something it's uh or like something something that's uh i'm googling it now because i know it has to do with like textual studies i've heard it before okay here we go it's a manuscript or piece of writing material on which the original writing has been effaced to make room for later writing but of which traces remain okay wow so i was literally gonna say something about um like books or texts like palimpsest like them like book like sort of pages fornicating and that's actually the kind (laughs) of the meaning in a way (laughs) <laughs> well, and you know what? And and this is this this I think brings up a point where so they call the album palimpsest. It means something reused or altered, still bearing traces of its earlier form. I think they are perceiving this to be a much bigger switch or like like, like jump forward than I am. Like the band is and calling it palimpsest. Right? Wouldn't the album title it, imply that they think the opposite though? Unless I'm well, missing deba- something. Well, it, it depends how you read it, right? So, so palimpsest means something that's being reused but still bearing visible traces of its earlier form. So maybe they mean it in a, in a kind of an ironic sense, right? Of like, yeah. oh, we are actually um, not that, but we're calling it that because we're trying to be kind of funny sometimes. Uh-huh, fooled, but we're yeah. not gonna, yeah. right? <laughs> um, at least that's how I might look at that. Um, or if they're playing it completely straight, then... I guess that is a joke in and of itself. Again, I just—it's really hard to tell with this band what they're actually trying to do, and that like irks me. I guess. Um, so anyway, I, we should move on. I guess, um, unless you have anything else to say about this one. I would just—I I would frame it. I, I, at least for me, I feel like it's a very serious band with a very jokey vocalist, and I think I'll just I leave guess. it at that. Okay. And yeah, yeah, okay. take it or leave it. Um, I think we are at your number seven, number six. My number seven, yes. And uh, okay. we will adhere to the five-minute rule because we blew it out of the water on that one. <laughs> um, All right, we're at 54 okay. minutes, so let's say we'll go to the one-hour mark on this one. Okay. Uh, so my number seven is a uh, – to my mind, I didn't actually listen to a lot of jazz records this year. This was Just for whatever reason, I wasn't in the mood. I, I was uh, – uh, you know, with COVID, I don't know. I wanted to kind of hear stuff I was that that reminded me of better times more, <laughs> yeah. um, which is generally rock and metal and that sort of stuff. So, but I, of the jazz I listened to, my favorite jazz record was one called "We Are Sent Here by History" by a band called Shabaka and the Ancestors. And that's oh, yeah. my number seven, um, which I think is a really ambitious and. Um, Really, really well, um, well executed, well performed, well produced uh, jazz record. It's it's uh, for for subgenre snobs. It is an Afro spiritual jazz record. There are vocals, some jazz poetry going on throughout the record. 
I would highlight the opening song, They Who Must Die, as one of the best songs of the year. Yeah. Um, I've listened to that song multiple times, and I, I love it. Um, there's a real live energy, as there should be, with, with good jazz in, in this um, in this album. And uh, it's, it's, it's fairly long. It's about an hour, if not over that. Um, which is probably one of the flaws. It's maybe a, a little bit too uh, protracted for its own good, so it kind of overshoots its mark slightly. But I appreciate the ambition. I think what's here is all uh, ranges from good to incredible, um, and I think it's just a really solid and um, worthwhile jazz record. I mean, what did you think about it? Oh, I thought this was excellent. Um, yeah, this I haven't heard much like this especially this year um like you didn't listen to tons of jazz um i do like a little bit for my job uh because we we demo a lot of jazz and uh yeah sort of like older blues stuff um but nothing like this uh this is i at least from my experience is a fairly out there jazz record um Mm. All the instruments, they're doing really interesting stuff, um, but it all sort of manages to fall into place really well. Um, as you said, there's like some spoken word poetry and stuff. Um, I, I thought that was decent. I maybe preferred the instrumental passages a bit more. Um, this is an album I kind of fully got lost in, <laughs> listening to it a mm. few times. It's There's so much going on, and it's a long runtime. I couldn't name... A favorite track i'm the opener grabbed me i remember but um it's one of those things where i came out of it being kind of like what happened <laughs> like um, <laughs> i couldn't pick out my favorite parts it's very dense and detailed and yeah. lots of arrangements and instrumentation um and it's something that probably deserves a bit more of my time i did maybe three full listens of it um, and I know I'm going to listen to it more and it's something that'll probably grow on me. And if we did year endless, like a year late, it would maybe be in my top 10, <laughs> but right. um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great album that I would probably give like four out of five or something. Um, my only real critique of it is I find it to be a bit impenetrable. Like, um, mm. I can't really name highlight songs, but you know, I can't really name songs that stood out as bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, this is a lot of very, like, non-critique for me, but um, I don't know. It's sort of, I felt, I equate this album to sort of, like, getting lost in, uh, in like, the in the rainforest or something, um, or, like, the yeah. redwoods. I don't know. Um, yeah, very beautiful, yeah. but I, I have I no think, idea what's going on. I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot going on on this album that, um... I need to listen many more times through to fully process because this is, like you said, it's a dense album. It's ambitious. Um, I think there's a lot of thematic work going on here that I, I haven't fully processed yet. Um, I, I think uh, uh, that is only going to reveal itself with time to me. The, uh, the the song "Go My Heart Go to Heaven" I think is amazing. That's another one I would highlight, and then. My third favorite was probably Behold the Deceiver. Those are the other two I would um, pinpoint. But I, this is this is one of those albums where where I I don't know if I I have fully processed it yet. Yeah. Maybe I never will. 
but um, uh, I can try, and I think that um, I've listened to it a few times. I I just think it's really, um, I think it's really really ambitious, and I I am drawn to albums that like shoot for the stars. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least they're trying to do something, whether or not it totally gets there. Which it's I very ambitious. Yeah, I like. I don't think this album totally hits hits it. I think it gets really close, and I think that maybe like their next record that these guys put out would be like a five out of five album. But for I can see like I see the seeds of something amazing, and there are moments here, certain songs, the scale of what they're trying to do that's just very impressive. So. Uh, hence its inclusion on my list. Yeah, and with that, we have hit our five-minute mark. Um, nice, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I think I am up with my number six. Uh, and for number six, do-do-do-do. I'm just going <laughs> to pick these in seconds. Number I'm, I'm going to go with Hugo Kant, Far From Home. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put that at six. Um, this very cool trip-hop album. Um it was all made by a producer, I believe. I uh, this is someone I just stumbled upon off of uh, like rate your music, uh, just wanting to get more into trip hop. Um, it was really good. Uh, lots of different instruments, uh, cool rhythms, some pan flute. Um, I heard sort of a lot of eastern strings, uh, sitars. Uh, what is it, the kodo? And mm. um, yeah, it. Uh, it was really great. This is another album, <laughs> sort of like Shabaka, that I got lost in a bit because um, it has a bit of a longer runtime. But I had a few had a few highlights, um, some changes in feel in uh, the song "Sure the Sun Will Rise." They added some sort of vocals that had a bit of a reggae feel going on, um, and even the song before that, "The Second Sun," that was a really neat track. Um, this reminded me. It's so reminded me a bit of the Bonobo debut, uh, the Black Sands. I don't know if you ever heard that. Um, Parts of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like sort of very almost Eastern sounding trip hop, uh, which I don't know. This sort of this made me want to like go and find all the trip hop albums I can find and collect. Huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's very it's very pleasant sounding. Um, I feel like I could put this on in almost any setting, listen to closely, listen to passively. And um, I don't I don't know if this is like a great uh, praise to it, but it's like it's almost like the perfect background music. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, yeah, yeah, I would put this on like for anything. Um, also, great album cover. Uh, how do you feel about this guy? <laughs> the album cover is uh, pretty good on this one. Uh, I think this is a really fun album. I, I think it's a fun little album. I, I don't think it's, um, um, like for me, it's not a top 10 record or anything. Yeah. I think it's, I think it is maybe a little one dimensional. Um, a lot of the songs follow similar formulas, similar, um, similar vibes. They feel like variations on a theme almost. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, the song "The Second Sun" you already pointed out. That's one that's um, I've repeated a, a few times before. Midnight tonight is is great. Yeah. Uh, I think um, it's maybe a little bit chintzy or something. It's it's a little bit chintzy. Um, what? Y- yeah, <laughs> like a, it's a little bit. 
kind of uh, out of what's another cinema like produced. Well, yeah, like I, I mean, like it, like it feels kind of fragile, like sort of, um, like I, I think I'm, I'm gonna stick with chintzy. I know that All generally right. means kind of like a little cheap, and I kind of stick by that. It feels a little bit, not not because of the production quality, or that's not what I'm saying, but like it's something about the 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 vibe and and the the kind of like. I think it's I think it's the one dimensionality to me like it it which isn't always a bad thing but in this case I think I think part of the the those variations that I'm talking about like I think a a, a fundamental root almost of what's what's um uh, uh unifying these songs is a sort of a sort of um maybe slightly slightly um God, what word am I do I want to use? It's there's something like not not especially like foundational or something here. They feel a little bit um, uh, uh, I don't know predictable. Maybe it's some of the way these songs go, they're a little bit repetitive sometimes. So there's like there's like it's it's like flawed. It's almost like chinks in the armor or something like of uh. this album. And I, and I think that like the the underlying um, ideas have a, like are kind of kind of cheap a little bit and and like not cheap in in the sense of they sound like they were recorded for very little money like it's very well produced but just it's sort of like like a cheap in the sense of like predictable kind of emotional payoffs being explored here with that said i think that there are many individual songs that are great and i'm being a little hard on it but um I did, I did like it, but I, I don't, I think you're, I think it is kind of background music-ish, and I think I'm frustrated by, by it because it didn't have to be that way. Uh, there was a enough. little bit more kind of, um, uh, you know, I don't know, um, um, more, more um, density or something to these songs. I'm rambling a little bit, but hopefully there, there was yeah. a coherent point somewhere in there. No, oh, I, I understand your point completely. Um, it. You know what? It's more just the degree by which each of us are kind of bothered by that fact, because from my point of view, I'm like delighted to have sort of like a pleasant album that fills like a background <laughs> music niche and just sounds really nice. And I, I know uh, that sounds like I'm sort of shitting on the album, but um, I don't know. I, I almost love it for the reasons that you described, and I don't know how to explain <laughs> that very well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's sort of like when I want to put on something that I that I don't have to like get emotional payoff out of, um, that mm-hmm. I can just sort of put on for the sake of putting on, and is sort of consistently high quality. That um, that's sort of what I found with this, and uh, sort of in a way that a bunch of soundtracks that's that mm-hmm. they invoke the same feeling. It um, yeah, I, I can't really describe it in a non-jarbled way, but uh, I think you can tell what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we're both highlighting the same thing. It's just different reactions to it. It is kind of cinematic, but I think it's a little bit too. It's not like grand enough scale to be a truly cinematic experience for me. It's more like a, like a um, <laughs> like a VHS home recording, like. For, <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Uh, or something. Um, 
Anyway, okay, I, I, uh, I'll go to my number six, yep. um, which um, is an album that is in many ways the polar opposite of um, the album that we just discussed. This is not a, ba- a background music album. This is not an album that I think it makes for any kind of easy listening, but it's an album that I really like, and it's an album I am aware you did not like, so this should be interesting. <laughs> it is Prurience, Casablanca Flamethrower, my number six. Um, and briefly, I will try and defend this from your vicious attacks. Um, this album is... Me. I think Prurience, uh, maybe best one since Frozen Niagara Falls. Um, it is very noisy. It's it's at least it's at least in subgenre a harsh noise record, if not primary. There's a death industrial, dark ambient vibe to this one. It is very loud. It is very aggressive. There are are ferocious screams, but there's also dynamism to this. Uh, for example, Sphere from Christ's Side, one of the best songs of the year, is very um, uh, 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 placid almost, and that's not exactly the right description for it. But it's it's a it's a very uh, kind of beautiful uh, song amidst all of this chaos. And then the chaos is great. A song like Black Iceberg, which is the opener, is one of my favorite songs of the year. Follow it up with Peace and Bread Humiliation, a great song. Um, and uh, I, again, I'm not going to say it's flawless. I think that it is uh, much like the, uh, the We Are Sitting Here by History, maybe a little protracted, particularly in the middle of the record. But it's a really strong uh, noise, dark ambient album, which I want to know why you hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um... Well, I'm actually going to reference uh, our, our first live podcast that we did last year, um, right. the 2019 list. And we did five albums then. And, you know, I won't lie. You, you kind of ran me through the gamut, just <laughs> sort of with the albums you gave me to listen to. Um, but you know what? I, I felt like each of them, whether I was super into them, like uh, the Ubo album, that left a great impression on me, uh, yeah. versus... Maybe something like Caligula, which I wasn't as big on. Um, they each sort of left a different impression on me, and I I remember all of them, um, mm-hmm. along with Shoo Shoo as well. Uh, just in terms of the more sort of noise, death industrial kind of material, right? This yeah. I just it just felt like a whole lot of nothing to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be kind of brutal. It's just a whole lot of ugly nothing. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, none of it I didn't find like abrasively bad, um, but I, I just I found it repetitive. I found sort of the noises were ugly. I um, I don't know if I talk about listening to Shabak and the ancestors like being lost in the redwoods. This would be like being locked into some like broken warehouse or something. <laughs> with like the machines malfunctioning yeah. and like you have to stay there overnight. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That that's where this album mentally placed me. A lot of my descriptions are like, where do I picture myself when I'm listening to these? Um, right. And it's just I, it all kind of ran together for me. I, um, you know, there's a few tracks that had some vocal, which added a bit of variety to it. 
um, which I didn't mind that. Um, what was? I'm just looking at the track listing here. I think it was um, was it Normandy Reaper? I don't know. It was yeah, something yeah. near the middle of the album where it kind of um, there's sort of a, a pseudo highlight track for me. Um, it just I don't know with like sort of the limited amount of death industrial albums I've listened to, this one felt like it had the least variety. Um, yeah, and it uh, it just sort of it left me wanting more. I, I felt like it was too minimalist for its own good. Um, but it, and it, a lot yeah. of it's just me not getting it. That's a big part of it. Sort of like with you with protest, um, which that's <laughs> a very like maximalist band, uh, and it's too maximalist for some people. But I feel like on the other end of the spectrum, there's things that could be too minimalist for some people. Which unfortunately that kind of falls into this for me, and it just didn't really hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think just and we're almost going to hit five, but I'll just add that. I mean, I, I this is a, it's an album about war, and I haven't fully grasped all of the themes or anything. Whoa, hello. Um, but I think um, some of the titles that, allude to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that like palpable dread you're pointing out. I think that's intentional, um, and and like you know watching a war film is not a nice experience but it's it's um uh something that is rewarding on some some emotional level or or right or however you want to characterize that experience um uh but but uh i i get where you're coming from and i i kind of thought you would hate this to be honest but like (laughs) i had to be honest and put it on my list because i really liked it um, it is definitely more um, more repetitive than those other albums you mentioned in terms of of its sonic palette, right? Like Uboa and, and and Caligula and those records have more instrumentation and even more, I would say, in some sense, traditional kind of song ar- arrangements. Uh, yeah, songs, like Appalachian Joy or whatever. Pick a song off one of those records. This is very much rooted in noise, drone, ambient ideas. It is, uh, um, but I will say I don't. I don't think the repetition is is like across the record. I think it's within the songs themselves. Like each song stands out as a separate piece, but within those co- constructs, they do have a fair amount of, of repetition. There's like details going on, and it, it's one of the like, another album you got. I think yeah, I have to listen to multiple times to fully grasp but anyway i'm ranting what is your number five my number five we're gonna find out right now uh all right what's left my number five i am picking the illustrious aesop rock spirit world field guide Um, (laughs) okay going with that for my number five um this is a, a man, a producer that uh, <laughs> I feel <laughs> I'm just killing time here is very consistent across his discography. Um, he's had some sort of complacent points, but I feel like most of his albums that are of very high quality. Um, this album is another big step up. Uh, it has really great beats. Um, he is rapping at honestly an even higher level than uh sort of the first half of his discography um using more a wider variety of flows um 
and even the beats like he's managed to make a set of beats that uh, are very varied instrumentally but they seem to all form a cohesive whole across the board one of the only cons I really have with this album would be some of the short of shorter throwaway tracks um, like 1 to 10 where it's just like why is that even there um, they just seem like some sort of uh, like asides of some man that's on an acid trip or something that uh, <laughs> no one's interested in except him um, but no and I, I think his lyricism compared to like a lot of other rappers is next level entirely um just sort of his grasp of vocabulary his vernacular whatever you want to call it um is great uh i don't know and there's cool moments um it's got that uh, side quest with uh, the really weird rhythms and stop starty rap he does and uh i don't know there's other really just good highlights of songs my favorites were the gates and coveralls um also another amazing album cover um (laughs) yeah so you heard this how do you feel about it you know i i think it's a i think it's um aesop rock is awesome and i have one of my favorite just rappers um this album has one huge enormous problem for me and that is the production and i it kind of ruins the entire thing. Like the vocals, In my opinion. Right? I think it sounds so awful that I almost can't <laughs> listen to this album. And there are some of the some songs that are so good, like Crystal Swords, I believe is the correct title, oh, okay. where I've I can I can get past it for a song. Like and and then I try and listen to the whole album and it feels like he's rapping into I don't know, uh like like a pipe and like that was recorded it's so tinny it is vocals are really loud the beats which are good are mixed too low it's all really full of treble um i don't know what happened like i read a theory online that he recorded the vocals separately and then needed to give them definition in a professional studio i I don't know if that's true whatever the, the case like they just sound really weird to me i don't know i don't know if you felt that but it's like i could barely listen to this did you 10 minutes did you listen to it on headphones uh no i was using the computer speak is is it a better experience i was so disgusted i didn't want to even bother with the headphones but like (laughs) is that does that make it i thought that would make it sound worse to be honest yeah no no i um I listened to it on speakers that, um, you know, I, I think it just didn't bother me as much. That might be why, but maybe, uh, you yeah. know, you have a valid point. You're not wrong. Like, uh, there's no low end in his vocals. Like it's like, like he it, took it the low the frequency bands out. Yeah. Like it, it's it, like, these are good songs. I'm like dying for like, a, this is an album that needs a remix immediately. Like, I don't often think that, but I think this album specifically needs like the, 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 uh, the Spirit World Field Guide edited version remix or something like I don't know I, I think with like mix work this could be amazing yeah the one like issue <laughs> I do have with critiquing music is um, not to like humble brag but the Fairview Hi-Fi lifestyle just affords like me to listen to everything on like massive speakers um, <laughs> so like nothing really sounds too tinny to me <laughs> yeah. which I've never actually listened to this album on headphones. I've only listened to it on the speakers. 
Um, so maybe I ought to try that, and then we'll have to remake the entire episode, and I'll take it off the list. <laughs> Just but. like, just put it on, just like, like, uh, put on a different album that's a, ra- like, put on another random rap album and then put this on right after and you'll hear yeah. what I mean. Like, well, some of his own albums are produced better than this one. Um, like, yeah, Skeleton I think I, it, was done, like, I don't know, it was just mixed better. Like, you're right about that. Like, like, Labor Days had amazing, like, like, all his other stuff sounds great. I don't know what happened here, but, so that's the reason I can't, like, endorse this album is, is that like fatal flaw to my mind but yeah fair enough I, I'm, really I'm seeing a bit of a theme uh, in this episode i feel like it's a lot of the flaws that i think you find fatal I, it like stops me from giving it a five like <laughs> like the mix on this sort of drops it from like a four and a half to a four or something like that oh okay so it's more just like the severity in which uh, these issues affect the listening for us yeah, I mean that's fair, and yeah, we're highlighting the same things. It's just like different degrees of reaction to them. Um, my number five was the KJJJ thing, so we'll skip that. Ah, um, okay. My number four was um, an album which I actually recently um, listened to part of again. Like, this was this was another one very earlier on in the year, like NB, where I heard it and I thought, this is amazing. Um, uh, so I recently listened to it again, and it got even better yeah. with with time. Uh, and the album is Nero DeMart, and it's called Emoto, and it is the best tech death post-metal album of the year. And uh, I really, really liked everything about this album with a few reservations but generally I think this is an incredibly good uh, representation of those genres Um, the opener is one of the best metal songs of the year Sisyphos and then you have um, I mean and and, and the sound here the drumming is absolutely insane maybe the drum performance of the year in fact I'll say it is the drum performance of the year on this thing um, the vocals are great. They're not too. They they kind of remind me of Gojira in a way, where they're not too like guttural all the time. There's some variation. You can. It, it's in Italian, but you can. Gojira you is can like tell. a big part of this album's recipe. Like, sorry, but yeah. go on. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think. I think especially in the vocals, I think there's a Gojira kind of element to it. Um, it's produced really well it sounds great there's the uh, uh, production wise kind of gives me vibes from Gorgut's Colored Sands a similar kind of natural vibe which I much prefer to like hyper triggered stuff yeah. in, in Tech Death um, and the, interest, the most interesting thing about this album for me is it has this like weird palpable atmosphere to it that I can't define it's sort of like a tense uh, otherworldliness, and I've never experienced anything quite like it before in any other album. And I think if you kind of really let yourself be absorbed into it, you'll see what I mean by that. It's it's sort of a it has a bit of an alien quality to it. Yeah, it's it's sort of sort of alien, but not in not in a, in a science fiction way. It's almost like it's it's like really difficult to describe and that's why I'm calling it like an indefinable quality there are spaces on this album of like extreme ambience that uh, is probably my one of my few reservations is I think they kind of go on too long in spots but it really does heighten that that 
uneasiness. Yeah. That kind of almost uncanny atmosphere on this thing. But uh, what did you think of this? This, um, this I think, was the first out of um, the albums that uh, off your list that I picked up. I chose this one first. Um, it, uh, it's massive sounding. Um, a lot of different elements going on here. There's some ambient, like you said. You got some Gojira vibes. You got some tech death. You got some sludge metal going on. Um, they managed to make it all into a... I'm not going to say digestible, but like tasty blend. <laughs> um, my issue with it is that there's too much of it. I um, Like some of the ambient parts do go on a little bit long. Um, I feel maybe the album could have used a 10-minute trim, a 12-minute trim. Um, it's a lengthy piece, but uh, I don't know. Like it, It's sort of like a better version of From Mars to Sirius, though. Because um, it has a lot of that, and it adds in enough different feels and vibes to not sound uh, repetitive. Um, so, I don't know. It's unique in like the genre blending it does, but... Um, I don't think they sort of make their own genre or anything, but um, I don't know. Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, it's a very demanding album, which I think is a pro and a con. So it sort of it demands to be listened to intently and not passively. Um, so you sort of you need to pick your battles in that regard. Um, no, I enjoyed it, and uh, I I would maybe put it in my honorable mentions. That uh, it was a good time. Hello? No, the podcast Hello? Uh, here, um, the, the podcast call, it uh, stopped Uh-oh. working and we weren't able to communicate effectively. Ha! I hate uh, when yeah, I absolutely understand. Of course! Yes, absolutely. Of course. Start the podcast already! Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, um, I think you're right. Like they're not creating a new genre or anything. It's more the the atmosphere that they put out there that I just find intriguing. Um, uh, but yeah, and I mean, I think that's pretty much all I'm gonna say on this one. I and it is long. It's like a 68 minute long album. I didn't find it too long on the whole. I think it's I, I it could be trimmed here and there. Um. But it's not like I would cut a whole song out or anything. Yeah, um, like this album's anyway, a three point five for me. Like, um, okay, basically my my down points are I find it too long and um, you have to like it demands your attention, which I don't like sometimes. But like other than that, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. What is your number four? Number four. What is left? I am picking. I'm picking uh, Locus by Sadir. Sadir. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, that was a tricky one. I was thinking between two. But um, this album's great. This is one of the first I heard on the year, and it managed to kind of stay around my top albums for a while. This band came out of nowhere for me. Um, it was just off a random Facebook ad. Um, huh. I don't know. I think it's like concise 10 really solid progressive metal post-hardcore prog rock kind of tracks um you get a bit of chon a bit of protest a bit of dgd a bit of idola um i don't know all that good stuff really great riffing uh really great drumming and i think the mix on this album is 
might be my favorite out of my top 10 in terms of like kind of the more rock albums um i think it's really well mixed um vocals really good uh just really great riffing some of the some of the best riffs i've heard in a while um pathing is absolutely insane uh i don't know some of those chugs that are just like scrapes that aren't frets or wild um just those breakneck paces um I also really liked uh, Pikayun, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and Apogee. Uh, two also very catchy and insane songs, respectively. Um, yeah, I don't know. My one sort of uh, dislike about this album is it sort of has a bit of like a, a we go to music school kind of vibe. Like some of it's like really <laughs> clinical. <laughs> and that's what makes it not a five to me. Like, um, I, I do find it a bit like show-offy i don't know like it's sort of like rubbing it's like turning its nose up at you kind of like good luck uh digesting this but um (laughs) i'm always up for the challenge so i did enjoy it um Uh, i don't know you heard this what do you think um you know i had a different reaction to it actually than you i i didn't actually take it as pretentious really at all i mean a, a song like mushroom for example i think is really kind of just goofy oh, fun. The instrumental and, yeah yeah and in, in in a different way than like with protest where i don't know what they're going for to me i understood this was kind of a fun like relatively lighthearted, um technical kind of showpiece post-hardcore mathy prog metal kind of thing um and I liked it. I actually I went into this and I thought, oh god, it's really fun. Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah, there's going to be another one of those the like, DGD clones. But like, it was fun. I, the song Perigee was probably my favorite on the album. I that's uh, I've listened to that multiple times since I first heard it. So thank you for that. It was yeah. great. Um, and I already highlighted Mushroom. I think the tracks you pointed out are good. Um, I don't think this is like going to going to rock my musical world like world view or anything yeah. i think it's i think it, this is a i very uh well performed really well performed relatively well produced um fun kind of lighthearted and straightforward uh pro star core record like it it's um to me there were more than one record on your list that kind of um falls under this banner and this was one of the better ones, I thought. So uh, I I liked it again more than I was was expecting to. Yeah, it's it's very consistent across the board. It's just like ten, I think, really good to excellent tracks, um, and yeah, the the mix is amazing. I've already said that, but um, mm. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I for a debut from a four piece band, I thought it was really great. That, yep. um, they don't have any standalone vocalists, which is wild too. They um, oh, wow. the guitar players just do all that, so uh, they're very talented. Um, yeah, yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's um, probably one out of the ten I listen to the most consistently. Um, really good mm-hmm. time. Uh, yeah, I, I the reason I don't give it a five is just I, I I found they were they were trying to stunt on me a little bit too hard, which is the first time I've actually complained about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's a, there's a, I think a bit of self-awareness there. Like, to me, it's not too, like, to me, that bugs me when a band's like really seriously shoving it in your face. I think there's enough like 
I, I think there's enough self-awareness where it doesn't bug me too much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, fun pick. That was a fun album. Um, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my number right. three is one we can just jump right into. It is Clipping's Visions of Bodies Being Burned. Ah, okay. Um, which uh, is, I think, Clipping's best record, which is saying something because they have a really solid discography. Um, this is kind of a sequel to their last record, um, which was also a horrorcore uh, uh, excursion for them, which is now kind of becoming their their, at least with these two records, their 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 sound, and I'm totally here for it. I think they're both excellent albums. This one's especially good. Um, it is impeccably produced. The rapping performance of David Diggs is absolutely nuts. I think he's the probably oh he's great least, on here. Yeah, he's in the top five living rappers, in my opinion. Um, and I think, uh, like, it's just very consistent throughout. Like, much like the last record, there is not a weak spot throughout this whole thing. You, I can't point out one real moment on here where I was like, oh, great, or this is uh, boring me, or I've heard this before. Like, it's consistently engaging. All the songs work together. Um and to highlight a few specifics, Say the Name, amazing, 96 New Campbell, fantastic, Enlacing, which is the second last song on here. Uh, what a song. I've listened to that so many times. Pain Every Day is awesome. Um, and I love the way that they are bringing noise to the forefront. I mean, they're using noise in creative ways and kind of exposing it to a mainstream audience, which makes sense because I know that uh, the other two guys in Clipping are like experimental music heads so yeah. um, I think that's pretty fun and you like this one too right? Yeah uh, there was one point where I would have put this in my top 10 uh, Envy kind of etched it out but uh, that still means that I really like this uh, I like that um, sort of thematically a sequel to the last one um, you know, there's some great tracks on here. The one that jumped out at me the most you mentioned was Pain Every Day. That's the one um has all those like those drum switch ups and those drum breaks. That was just yeah. I don't know, that sounded wild. Um, I don't know, She Bad was good. And uh Say the Name, uh it's sort of like a pseudo title track in a way. Um yeah. they're just yeah, that sort of rhythmic visions of bodies being yeah, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh <laughs> I like yeah. that a lot. Um you know, I um, very well produced. Um, it sort of it maintains sort of thematic consistency from front to back, um, while also being quite dynamic. Um, you know, the the only again reasons I give it a three and a half or a four instead of a five is maybe I wanted it to be less thematically consistent. This gets into like really like subjective stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I think this album's really good. I, um, for clipping, I would maybe put, uh, that sort of self titled, like all consonants album before it. Right. Um, I don't know that, uh, that one had, um, I don't know, that just had more standout tracks to me. I feel like there's a bunch here that get kind of lost in the shuffle. Um, but as a consistent piece of music, I think it's very great. Yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, I, I think, I think like, also being a horror fan helps with this one. Like, like that's really 
a big part of this album and the last one. They're oh, playing yeah. on a lot of stuff, uh, like kind of um, uh, horror genre yeah. movies. It's a horror core uh, album. Samples and yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think that like helps my affinity for it too, because yeah. I love that stuff. Um, um, but I also think they use interludes really well, an underrated skill with any one of these uh, these kind of records. And um, oh yeah, like um, it's really seamless. Like uh, yeah, a lot of the times yeah. um, they can feel kind of out of place. But I think uh, yeah, the interludes do work here very well. Yeah, and it's tough to make those feel substantial, but they actually do here. And yeah, production amazing. The intro, the intro track is nuts with the the harsh noise blast that comes in. It's great. Yeah, um, I like that. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I mean, what what was your number three? We're into our top three at this point. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. Oof. I'm picking these on the fly, as you know. Um, <laughs> uh, this is tough. All right, I I'm gonna go Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo. But it's these top three, like you could order them anyway. This is, but uh, I, I'm gonna say Alfredo. Um, Alfredo, it's pretty wild because he just put out Bandana last year, which was also mm. that was my album of the year last year, and that might be part of why I don't want to put this number one because I don't like having repeaters. But <laughs> um, no, this. Uh, he does a collaboration with the alchemist instead of madlib um and they do 10 very consistently great songs um a few features are peppered throughout uh tyler the creator rick ross and uh, the two parts of griselda benny the butcher and conway the machine they all fit onto this album really well um and it's a good amount of features not too many features and uh i don't know some of his best rapping um like uh, with the guy from Clipping for You, um, Freddie, I think, is a top five rapper for me, at least. Um, God is Perfect is nuts, uh, along with Baby mm-hmm. Shit. And some of the beats, uh, like Look at Me and Something to Rap About, just very sort of lush, jazzy. Like it's something that you'd want to have on vinyl, um, just very warm sounding. Uh, and that kind of goes into the way this whole album's produced. I think it's excellently produced. Um, the Alchemist has been on all sorts of great products, and I think this is one of his finest pieces of work. Um, yeah, I, this is an album I can't, uh, I've been trying to like say bad things about each album in my top 10. <laughs> like, why isn't it perfect? Uh, this one, I, you know, I maybe wanted a little more. It's a little short for me. Um, but, uh, I don't know, 35 minutes, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, but I think it's 35 minutes very well spent. Uh, I don't think they waste a minute here. Uh, how do you feel about this one? I uh, really like this album. I liked it a lot. And I, I actually think it's interesting that you you didn't find this one to thematically um, um, kind of kind of like like rep- repetitious in that sense. Because to me, this album is very um, uh, like like really playing off a theme similarly to clipping i mean in the sense that all of these songs i i think flow together really well they all present a a very distinct vibe um i love the song frank lucas i've i uh fart sample oh yeah no no, it's not actually a fart (laughs) as we've discussed um but uh that's very grimy sounding track yeah yeah i love i love that song i also god is perfect great song 
I love the album title and cover art to pull a you and mention those things. I think that I think they are Godfather. great. Yeah, past um, and Godfather. <laughs> like I think they're perfect for this album. Like I think that's kind of a stroke of genius. Um, and I agree with you that I think it's too short. I and I think that like like. Um, it could have used a couple more tracks, like go to yeah, twelve or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like there's too much brevity to it. It's almost like it's it's presenting a very small vignette or something, and I want to see the full movie. Like it's sort of um, like what's here, I think, is for the most part really good, but it it feels almost like an EP. Like it's just barely a full length album almost. Yeah. Um, at least the way that it, and I know it's 34 minutes long, which I guess fair enough. It's album material at that point but it just uh, something about it feels it feels very ep-ish like and and i wish there was more substance to it but i liked what was here a lot i did like it yeah and um i don't know one thing i would want to point out too is uh i haven't heard tyler the creator like rap like that since like goblin and wolf like (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's really changed nowadays um, something to rap about the big song off this album yeah yeah that uh, I don't know that was a nice like return to old Tyler I like both Tylers but um, it was we got a little taste of vintage Tyler there which was nice and you know mm. what even like Rick Ross someone I've very like a very polarizing figure for me at least like he has some good stuff some really bad stuff he fits in well here too yeah 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 I think that song was good um, I I think it's a weak song in the bunch. I just yeah, just wish there was more. And um, uh, yeah, I can't really I can't like pick apart anything else about this one. It was very solid. It was fun. Gave me a GTA Vice City vibe throughout. Yeah. Well, he actually uh, um they him and the Alchemist did a song on GTA Five. Um, oh, okay. There you go. With one other guy. Yeah. 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 So they um there's some rap station on there and they like wrote a song for that which is pretty oh that's cool, cool. yeah 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 i just gave the album gave me that kind of miami vice sort of vibe which i like um god godfather right um yeah anyway anyway you got your number two pick. yeah my number two my number two. Oh boy my number two here is an album that um probably in another year would have been my number one and we'll and i will get to why my number one is my number one when we get to number one yep but um if and if i keep talking like that forever <laughs> you're gonna have to do a number one before we finish uh recording this um my number two album is <laughs> paysage divers imwald and uh, this is i think um one of the best black metal albums um I, 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 you know, I want to say of the decade, but it's 2020. Of the last 11 years, it's one of the best black metal albums. I think it's one. I think Paysage Diver has, to my mind, uh, with with this album, has five albums that are essential listening in a genre, and that's like unusual for any one artist. Oh, like this and Kirk, four others. Yeah, I okay. think that I think that uh, the albums Kirker, uh, the self-titled album. Crystal and Isa, Winter Kelt, however you pronounce that, Winter Cult, and then this one now I think are all like must listen 4.5 to 5 level black metal albums. This guy Wither is his name. Has a ha, sorry Winther um, has a has a he also does the dark space stuff right. He also is the uh, oh, you mastermind that, behind dark space. He is like 
unbelievably adept at creating these absorbing black metal lo-fi atmospheres and uh, like with really really good riffs and songwriting the songs move to me they do not get too repetitive ever on this album it's two hours long I'm not bored throughout it even the 11 minute interlude fluke which is in the middle is perfectly placed um, one very minor complaint I'll bring up is that it maybe gets a little bit too predictable with the uh, nature recording and then abrupt entry of a black metal song and we kind of follow that formula throughout the album but the, I think there are enough variations um, in the actual songs that it doesn't bug me too much and I think Uberden Bauman which is the second song is the best metal song of the year um, and I can anticipate what you're going to say <laughs> so I won't spoil it but uh, what, what did you think of this? Fair enough um I, I don't know what I think of this. Uh, it's, <laughs> oh, okay. It, it, it's, it's not, like, I don't know. I don't, it's not like the Prurian album. It's, uh, I don't, I don't feel negatively about it. It's, um, I, I get frustrated by it sometimes. Um, my best comparison, like, you know how you feel about Spirit World Field Guide? Like I, okay, I probably yeah. feel this like times twenty about I'm walled, I'm walled. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just I want. I know it's sort of like a a genre tenant to have albums and songs mixed this way, but it just it doesn't stop me from really hating that fact. Like um, I don't know the opener as it goes on like the nine minute song it uh, it starts to open up to you a bit and these synths come in and it all sounds really good but um, I just sometimes I wish the fog would just be removed a bit even so I could hear yeah. all the details because I feel like it's dense and there's a lot that I want to digest but um, it's like the album doesn't let me in fully and maybe that's yeah. on me as a listener um, yeah, my speakers like they—they they really they can't they can fix Aesop Rock, but uh, they can't fix this for me, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I don't know things I liked. Um, it is two hours. It's not something I would listen to in one sitting, but I think all the material, just like as songs, is good. Um, it's you know it's not something I would listen to as one long piece of music. I listen to this in like two sittings, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's good material, and I like the nature recordings. It breaks stuff up. Um, it is a bit of, uh, it's sort of that flow, that um, order of operations gets a bit repetitive, as you mentioned. But I don't know. I think it's still effective, and um, it's better than not having the interludes there. Um, it's I just I love the music. I hate the production. <laughs> that's that's really just fair the enough. um fair enough the brass and tacks of it that, yeah i mean that that's that's going to be the complaint with this kind of style of black metal right i will say that i i think here here's what i would request of you like sure. one time one time try this where it's winter now pick a day when it's like snowing or there's some kind of snowstorm outside like put on headphones just put this album on and like go walk around like just go go for like a walk for like even just the first like three songs of this record or something i think you'll be back at like midnight then if i even did the first three songs 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like 25 minutes if you add yeah. the first read. Like, like, just like do that, and I think it'll open itself up to you because that production does add a, a palpable kind of atmosphere to it that yeah. I think is tough to kind of penetrate. If you're passively listening or you're listening even on speakers, it's tough. Like, there's something about this uh, style of black metal that that there there's a there's a specific circumstance where I think it, it opens itself up to you. Um, yeah. And and if you really kind of focus on what's going on, it's like which is it's yeah it's definitely a demanding album, and I do not blame anybody who doesn't want to do this or is, doesn't like it or whatever but like i think the optimal strategy for trying to penetrate this this album is yeah pick a suitable like environmental condition yeah. put on headphones and like just walk around and like focus on the on the music that's going on i think i think it's gonna it's almost like meditative in a way it's it's closer to ambient music than anything and like it, it kind of absorbs you i agree um, have you listened to this on headphones? Yeah, yeah, I actually did last night. <laughs> uh, I'm not like at the risk of like sounding like a massive boomer here. Like, um, <laughs> when I was maybe about 40% through the album, I was just and the music is great. Like, I'm just gonna preface this, but it was just like, oh, fuck, my ears hurt. <laughs> <laughs> It's I just, didn't listen to the whole thing. Like, in like, one I, sitting I on headphones. Yeah, yeah, I right. understand that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's like it's just the um, the graininess. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's unfortunate because I feel like this album has a ton of positive qualities, but um, it's just sort of the the foggy sheen. But I guess it, yeah, it's a it's a vibe that sort of has to be has to be digested has to be penetrated um and just sort of taken in yeah <laughs> i was trying to avoid using that word um no no but what you described makes sense uh just sort of find like picking the right atmosphere and this i don't know this album makes me feel like um i've like gone backpacking like to to norway in the winter and like i've gone <laughs> yeah. lost or something but it's really pretty but i'm also very cold and tired yeah, um, yeah. That's which, that's where which, this yeah. album plays me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, and we can we can move on. I'll just one more comment. Yeah. Like, um, uh, it is grainy and everything the production, but like like, I I do think that if if like given given enough kind of exposure to it or like enough time kind of spent absorbing it, like that that kind of that becomes a positive and like it kind of stops bugging you yeah um like specifically with this album i'm not saying this is going to happen with every black metal album that has low production like there are some out there for example natin's madrigal that i can't listen to for extended periods because it is too harsh for me like but with this one i i think it's actually not that bad honestly and like i i think that um I, I just I, I think that like you could easily kind of to some degree get past it. I'm not saying listen to all two hours in a row or anything, yeah. but like just listen to like the just do like the first two songs and just see, right? Yeah, no, it's a great piece of music, and uh, yeah, it's hopefully I can kind of get past that someday. 
But um, well, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you might not, and that's okay too. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's like the environment this is designed to be listened in, and like it. it I, I did this last night. Like, it, it works. Like, you get like visions of of fjords, or, or I guess this is a French, <laughs> uh, I should say, visions of like the Eiffel Tower when you're <laughs> walking around listening to this in the snow. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, what was your number two? My number two. Uh, should I go full nerd this year with my album of the year? Yeah, I think <laughs> I have to. Yeah, so number two, we are going with uh, the boys and pulses. Speak it into existence. Um, this album, this was one I didn't really think of much when like I first heard it. I was like, oh, it's sort of jokey, kind of post-hardcore album you know it's it's decent but there's not really like a ton that jumps out at me but i don't know as i listened to it more researched the band a bit i started getting really into it and it sort of flew up my top 10 it was maybe like a number 14 for a while but yeah. um i don't know it was songs uh like olivia wilde louisiana purchase they all just like really started to grow on me and because there's a lot of little details in here um little auxiliary instruments little flourishes that uh i don't know they sort of give this album a lot of character and it has sort of a jokey vibe which uh, i enjoy and i don't know i feel like uh it kind of works here because this whole album doesn't really take itself too seriously at all um little little jokey like gaps in louisiana purchase with like the jazz keyboards and uh i don't know exist warp breaks is so fun (laughs) i put that song on all the time um and then uh yeah that little like that olivia wilde intro where he's just like doing an orgasm noise between each section (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's it's great and it's i don't know it's it's done well like um there's a lot of jokes but like they're like executed really well in my opinion and like it's like joke virtuosos in a way Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah how do you feel about this one i thought you would hate it but uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. Uh, like I I said to you, I was like, this is the most like crusty album I've ever heard because like uh, <laughs> it sounds like um, like if if I imagine kind of like your perfect album, this is kind of close to that. Um, and I liked it. I mean, I I picked up on a lot of what you did too, like the kind of jokiness and. Um, virtuosity of some of the songs sometimes why was awesome that was a really that's a good song. track yeah with um, um that's the, I, with the guy with say anything yeah, yeah yeah i liked that song and i liked louisiana purchase too um to me again this is an album that is very similar to that Saturn record i mean i think it's um which one do i prefer it's actually a bit of a tough question i guess i would i think this one's slightly better maybe it's a little bit like kind of uh, I don't know. More it's a bit more varied than the Seder one, I think. But yeah, I think it's 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 a, it's it's kind of the same approach done with a little bit more depth, maybe, and like not in terms of like you know cerebral lyrics or anything, but depth in terms of like here's some more here's like a bigger sonic kind of um, canvas that we are using for these songs. And I think it's fun. I think, like you said, it's a fun record. This is not an album that I would ever listen to front to back. To like, to it just it's not for me. Fair that enough. it's like too busy. Um, uh, I I would rather like this is the kind of record I'll put like we'll put one song into a mixed playlist here and there for um, 
for some variety or for something fun. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think it's a bad album at all. And I the opener was good too. Now that I'm refreshing my brain here, I like the uh, opening track as well. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's ba- basically my thoughts on it. Yeah. Fair enough. I um yeah. It's just over time. I was just whenever I'm listening to music, I'm like, oh, like I really want to listen to pulses right now. <laughs> I just kept going back to it. Um, oh, I played Exist Warp Break so many times. Um, who else? I think the features are like really good on this across the board. Like Max Bemis was good, and um, I don't know uh, who, what's her name. Sierra Binondo. She was on Mount Midoriyama. That's from some JRPG I played, but I don't. Um, I don't remember the name. I just remember the name of the mountain. Um, she yeah. sounds really good, and uh, she's in a band called With Sales Ahead. I also listen to. So I don't know. She fit mm. into that song perfectly. And yeah, and then um, Joey Lancaster has that uh, really like kind of subtle, soft-spoken part in Big Mood, which is a great song. Um, what else? And I don't know. There's a lot of really cool guitar flourishes and like technicality and stuff, but I felt it uh, it wasn't pushed to the forefront. It's sort of um, it was sort of done in service of the songs, which I liked a lot about this album. Big Mood was a good song too. I liked that one. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's all all true. I, I mean, I think this is a pretty niche record. Like, I think this is kind of like going to appeal to a small but dedicated audience. It's kind of a cult cult record to me. Yeah. Um, in the same way that like the Satter record is, um, uh, not really like the Protest album. I'm trying to think of other bands. I mean, well, like your Dance Gavin Dance Crowd, right? That's basically yeah. who this is going to appeal to which i don't think is a bad thing but uh maybe just kind of worth pointing out i think i think it's for a very specific subsection of an audience who are really going to love this um and for me i i liked it and it's again and i I will put a song or two in a playlist i can't say i'm going to return to it frequently but i could see me being in the mood for something like this every now and again so yeah fair yeah enough. D- didn't hate it didn't hate yeah. it better than dance gavin dance you know what's funny about this it, you know what yeah it was better than dance gavin dance this year the, <laughs> those boys disappointed me for the first time this year um, oh god well that's for another podcast um yeah. but it's funny that all of these bands like i think pulses Seder, like dgd like they're almost exclusively from california it's uh it's weird that like a a state can influence a sound so much um like like nine out of ten of them are from the state of california which uh it's always that's always intrigued me it's just it's an interesting point huh yeah there is regionality to music there are trends that geographically occur and yeah it's an interesting phenomenon i don't really know why this specific sound came out of California? Maybe one was if DGD was the like progenitors, then maybe their kind of their their contemporaries just kind of latched on. I, but yeah, that's yeah. it's interesting. It, that'd be, that's like worthy of an essay. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the specific California post-hardcore sound. I'll help you write it. Oh God, I want to write too much to do. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, so we got to your uh, album okay. of the year, yeah. Yeah, my number one. So I'll preface my number one by saying that I don't think that in a normal year this would have been my number one. The reason that it's my number one is because this was COVID. This was the year that I still feel like I'm in limbo. I feel like I've been in limbo since March 14th. I agree. This whole year has just been uh, 
like a, a gaping hole in my life or something. Um, which isn't to say it's been terrible. Like there's been good stuff that's happened, but it's just like you such the a surreal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this, uh, like this podcast. It's, just, it's been such a surreal year, and I actually can't believe it's already December. Now that I'm thinking back over the whole course of it, um, but so this album is one that uh, is relaxing. It is an ambient record. It is a, a drone record, a space ambient. It is called Stasis Sounds for Long Distance Space Travel. It is by 36 and a Japanese artist who in English is, I believe, called Zeke. Um, and this is a hour and a half long, uh, is it, yes, uh, three parts, an hour and a half, three part long ambient record that is very serene. It is really nice. I've, I've played it many a time. Uh, it is great for reducing your stress. It is great for reducing your existential crises that may occur as a result of COVID. Uh, and um, I just think it's really like um, it, it, it sets out a very specific agenda and I think it pretty well nails it. Yeah. Um, and it's really transportive. Like it really... Uh, it, it puts you right in that space capsule, like to me. Um, I especially like the first part. I think stage uh, stages two and three. Well, in fact, you know, just all of them. Stages one to four, especially stage three, though. I love that song, and I wish it was way longer. It's only five minutes, and I, it should be like four times that long. Sorry, which um, one's this? It's the it's the third track, stage ah, three, okay. which is the shortest song of the first four, which is part one, and it's the best one. I just wish it was way longer. Um, I love that one, and I just, I was very, I think this is, for me, it, this is the right album to name my number one in this specific year, and pretty, and well, any other year, I think Paysage d'Hiver would have been my number one, but this specific year, like, I this just feels right to me. So what did you think of this album? I thought it was great. Um, this was something, when I picked it up, I sort of looked at the length, I looked at the genres, um, I thought I was going to have a way worse time <laughs> going yeah. into it. Um, but no, it's it, very lush and beautiful sounding um, throughout its entire runtime. Um, yeah, and it just gives you the feel of being in a stasis pod. Uh, yeah, and just traveling through the universe. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it reminded me a lot of... Um, the video game No Man's Sky, um, namely oh, okay. the soundtrack that 65 Days of Static did in 2016. Uh, kind of, it, that album was um, not as much of like a drone ambient album. That was more um, sort of like an ambient post-rock kind of thing. But oh. um, I felt like that held a lot of similarities just in terms of like pure vibe. Um, this is something I listened to like the three parts separately. Um, and yeah. for me, at least, I found that was the best way to listen to it um, because it is a very long piece of music. Um, but I think each sort of ensuite of tracks uh, does differentiate itself nicely enough. Um, maybe the tracks, like uh, in each segment, uh, can kind of blend together a bit for better or for worse. Um, no, but it's something I thought was great. It's really well produced it sounds excellent um 
whoever is sort of making these wall of sound synths, whether it is the man 36 or the man Zeke, or maybe they're women. I, I don't know anything about them. Um, but I don't either. No, they, they did a really good job with this. I enjoyed it. It's something I would put on in sort of unique circumstances, maybe a long drive or if I'm trying to go to sleep or I don't know, this might um, this might be something good to read to. I, um, I haven't tried that one yet, um, but uh, I, I thought it was really good. It's, uh, it's not something I would yeah. put in my top 10, um, just sort of because of the niche times that I would listen to it, which I don't even know if that's a complaint or not, but uh, I did think it was great. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'll point out one other thing which is interesting about it is that whole the, the second part of the album, and this is kind of genius, is um, yeah. uses field recordings, so it kind of bridges the first and third parts of the record. And to me, it's almost like that in that second part of the record, it's like you're you're in some stasis chamber or whatever, right? And it's like they are during your sleep, they're like playing videos, so you're imagining you're back on Earth or something. Oh, so really? it's using yeah so it's using like actual real field recordings to kind of uh simulate that idea versus you have like the initial travel and then the cool down period is the third part so um i just think that's really smart the way they uh structured this and ultimately again it was just very uh, very prescient given the covid uh, situation and um and uh, yeah, but to me it was just it was a, it's a it's a kind of an outside the box number one maybe, but um, I think you know something about outside the box number ones <laughs> given what I know what is about to happen. What's your number yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Um, we are we're actually going to talk about the number one for as long as it's runtime. Uh, I didn't tell you about this before. <laughs> um, we'll see you in uh, on Christmas. Yeah. Um, so this I I really I didn't want to put in my top ten list. But after listening to it, I just knew I had to um, because it's not really like a fair <laughs> top 10 album. Um, it is the Final Fantasy VII Remake OST, uh, which is seven CDs, seven albums <laughs> of greatness. Um, I don't know. It's these guys, Nobuo Yumatsu, uh, Masashi, Hamamzu. I just butchered his last name. Um, they... Have been doing these soundtracks for the games for years. Uh, they have a, an amazing year for music. Um, you get all the classics here from the original Final Fantasy VII, um, the bombing mission, uh, a tower, a promise, um, one winged angel. Um, I don't know these uh, very dense orchestral arrangements, uh, and they sound amazing. Um, also, a really big variety of different kind of genres you get some jazz you get some funk a lot of instrumental but you get a bit of vocals uh disc four has a lot of sort of techno and electronica uh because i think they had a different guy wrote disc four um some metal uh and some sort of like cinematic soundtracky kind of stuff um yeah it's i could talk about this whole thing for hours um, <laughs> it's I didn't I wasn't really ready for this because it's like what do I even talk about? But uh, there's I don't know some of my favorite songs on this are the remake of the bombing mission, uh, the Airbuster is just nuts. Um, a one winged angel on the last disc is like a 
It's great. It's a great song. Uh, yeah. Go. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, so you were saying you did. You. You. This is from one game. This is from. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I. I certainly like this, and I. I just. I feel as though. I don't have a complete picture. Almost. Yeah. Fair um, enough. And so I can talk about it as music, and sure that that's great. But I just. Uh, for one, I haven't heard it all, and for another, I didn't. I've never played the games, um, and I will say, you know, the music is good enough. It makes me want to play the game. I felt that same way about the Doom soundtrack, uh, which I've never, I never played that game, and I heard the soundtrack, and I wanted oh. to go play it. So I'm successful on that level. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and I think it's, I, you know, I think it's interesting. We both picked very kind of outside the box number ones, yeah. and. Yeah, I mean, I'm not this sure is something. That, um, yeah. This is something I played, uh, kind of due to being stuck in quarantine. <laughs> that um, yeah, yeah, I maybe wouldn't have had the time to go through this if um, sort of life was normal, at least not as fast, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, like, I think the both of these number ones are, are respective of the year they are they were listened to in, respective of this 2020 specifically. Um, which is interesting. Like I, I don't, I, I, I don't think this would have been your number one in a normal year. I, you oh, I agree. Said as much, basically, and likewise with mine. So I, on a, on a, on a bigger level, this, this is an interesting choice for me, because of, of what it represents, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I applaud this as a number one. I think it's. Um, I, I so 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 let me make sure I get what it is. Though. This is a remake of a game that came out before. Yeah. So Final Fantasy VII came out on the PS One, like I want to say the late '90s. Um, so that's considered like an all-time great game, like one of the best on the system. So everyone was begging for a remake on the PS Four, and eventually, uh, I think as of 2020, we got it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so all the songs, like, there's some new ones, but, um, like, songs like One Winged Angel and The Bombing Mission, they're from the old game, where it was just, like, uh, kind of way more chintzy-sounding, like, MIDI tracks because of the PS1's processing power. They're fully reimagined, like, in an orchestral sense or in any other way because there's so many different genres on this going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, uh, yeah. A little bit of a cop out. It's a remake. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think overall both good lists. Like there is uh, there was a little bit of overlap. Whereas last year we only did five records, but there wasn't any overlap. So there was some this year. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we got we got to do more regular podcasts again. Yeah. Where, no. Absolutely. We should, uh, all right, well, I'm going to say bye to uh, the listeners. Uh, thank you for listening this far. Uh, listen to us ramble on for two hours. Bye. <laughs>